0: Today I'm taking over EMG radio
1: Today, we're talking to uh, Drazen Rodriguez, uh, the mastermind behind Ezra Yates. How are you doing today, Drazen?
0: I'm doing fine. Incredibly hot, but
1: fine. Do you realize, like, okay, of the EMG members, there's like that kind of we joke about the elders, like the original members. I I think outside of the original members, you are like the first person added in the group. I was looking through the dates of, you know, how long people have been in the group, and after the, like, there's me and then, like, five or six people that I added, like, when I first started the group, I want to say you're, like, the next person added. So, you're practically an elder, man.
0: Oh, my God. I need to stay with someday Come.
1: <laughs> we bestow upon you the honors.
0: Hell, yes. I'm finally an elder. <laughs>
1: All right, so uh, where are you from, Drazen?
0: I am from an island in the Caribbean known as Puerto Rico. Also known as most of the world's stepping grounds.
1: The stepping grounds. Yes. I know I've talked to you and uh, Atticus both a little bit about... uh, Atticus more so about the uh, kind of the role the states plays in Puerto Rico. How do you feel about that?
0: Um, Well... Um, I'm more of a person that I'm actually, you know, for the United States' help, because I don't think we would do so well if we were left on our own, you know? And you know, I'm all for us staying how we are. I don't exactly want us to become a state, but if we have to choose between being independent and becoming a state, I'd totally become a state. The U.S. has helped us a lot. and. I
1: enjoy how it is. Well, that's cool. I imagine it's kind of a double-edged sword, but you definitely seem to be more of the opinion that it'd be more helpful.
0: Exactly. It is a double-edged sword, but I think it's worth the risk.
1: All right. Well, I suppose we could get to some music questions. Um, The first thing I got is, like, taking it way back to when you were younger, Uh, do you recall, like, the first either musical experience or, like, the first band or genre that you considered yourself a fan of, the first thing that you took notice of?
0: Okay, that's actually a question I've asked myself a lot of times because I have difficulty remembering my first musical memory. But when I was younger, when I was, like, a little boy, I was a really big fan of Metallica, Iron Maiden, Guns N' Roses, um, Molly Crew, Bon Jovi striper you know all those 80s and 90s rock and metal bands i was a really big fan of that and um i was also a really big fan of classical music
1: at what age did you realize you were interested in creating music
0: um i think when i first started to think you know i should do this i think i was like 14 or 15
1: do you recall what it is that got you interested in, in, in uh, producing music?
0: Yeah, um, Linkin Park. That was like the first band that I listened to. And I was like, you know what? It sounds so awesome. I would totally love to do something like this. And uh, that's pretty much what got me on the road. to listening to a lot more music and getting heavily into that musical experience. And that's when I just sort of wanted to you know, start playing and... Um, I remember one day I was just listening to Guns N' Roses and I was like, you know what, I should play guitar. You know, maybe that will help me be in a band or something.
1: Uh, so what was the uh, first, what was the first band or project that you were involved in?
0: Well, uh, like four months after I started playing guitar, um, I sucked, but, um, I thought I was decent. Uh, I met with one of my friends, who was a drummer, and out of nowhere, for some reason, we ended up recording a cover of Black Sabbath's Paranoid. I recorded guitar, bass, and vocals, and he, he recorded the drums. It was my first time recording something, and my first time ever playing bass. And it ended up decent, you know. The solo sucks, but I didn't know how a solo back like then, but it was sure. decent.
1: Awesome. Do you still have that recording?
0: I don't have it, but I know someone who I think still has it. I hope he still has it because it's kind of funny listening to it.
1: That's like history, man.
0: Yeah, yeah the first ever Jason recording.
1: Now, it seems to me like uh, you've been involved in several projects. Um, could you take us through a brief history of what some of those were and, and their style?
0: Of course, um, well, after that recording I did with my friend, I ended up joining his band, which played, you know, metalcore music, but that's what's pretty much in these days. And I played in that band for like a year or so, and I ended up leaving. And I've played, you know, I kind of play with a lot of different bands, but it usually doesn't go after one practice. Um, Between that, that's when I started making my solo music, which was very electronic based at the beginning. It sounded like trance, and uh, it was called Moondoggy. I still have that in up, I think. And after that, my laptop, well, my desktop kind of died, and I stopped making music, you know, kind of like permanently. I didn't even play guitar for a long time. And then when I got my laptop back, I installed FL Studio again, and I started making music. And that's kind of when Ezra Yates was born. But uh, bands, uh, I have played mostly in like 10 different metalcore bands. And last year, I made kind of a classic heavy metal band with some of my friends from university, which is kind of on break right now, but we made some decent stuff, yeah.
1: What's the name of that band?
0: Uh, uh, Rudra Breeze.
1: So uh, what role do you usually play in, uh, in those bands? Are do you uh, guitar and vocals? or
0: I've pretty much played guitar in 90% of the bands I've been in. The other uh, 9% I've played bass in the bands. And I've only sung for Rudra Breeze. Which is, yeah, that's the only band I've ever done vocals for, but i play guitar and bass for all the others.
1: So you're currently um, uh, involved in that project, which is kind of on break, and then you have uh, Ezra Yates, which you mentioned. How did you come up with the the project title of Ezra Yates? Can you go into that at all?
0: Of course. Uh, Well, I remember once, I think it was on Wikipedia or something, I saw the name Ezra, and I really liked the name. And I realized if I sort of played around with Drazen, and I took away the N and the D, it could be Ezra. And originally, I called myself Ezra ND, and I was like, I'll make those initials mean something eventually. And then I was in a relationship with a girl whose last name was Yates, and I kind of grew a liking to the last. His name, and I thought Ezra Yates was a catchy name. So I thought, you know, why not? Because I didn't want a particular band name. I didn't want it to sound, you know, like a band. I wanted it to sound like a person. So I thought Ezra Yates sounded cool, and that's pretty much where it came from.
1: How would you describe your music, uh, Ezra Yates, to someone who has never heard it before?
0: <laughs> um... I always say my music is weird. I tell them it's like well, the sound of my soul makes you know uh more uh, background music than music that's actually you know assaulting your ears constantly
1: yeah no it seems i uh, it seems like a lot of the guys in uh the, in e m g kind of have difficulty breaking down at least at least I do also, breaking down, like, how to describe their music. Uh, Do you think that's because of the electronic nature, or do you think uh, it's just we've attracted more experimental artists, or?
0: I think it's maybe due to both, because, you know, electronic music is kind of a huge term, you know? There are so many subgenres in the term. So it's always kind of hard for us to choose what exactly our sound is. It's hard to, for us who make music, to know exactly what kind of genre it is, because well, we make it. You know, we don't know what we're doing. I don't. I'm pretty sure no one sits around and goes, you know, I'll make a trance song or I'm gonna make a metal song. It's usually what comes up.
1: I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so how does do you? I imagine you get this uh, same, as, same as I do at times. How do you feel about the term techno? And do people uh, <laughs> throw that term at you? I knew that'd be a... I knew that'd get an answer.
0: Uh, well, I've actually had a lot of arguments with people about... This, because I don't know about the states. It's about everything that has to do with electronic music. Like, I mean everything. It's techno, you know? There could be a reverb, snare sound. Oh, that's techno. You know, Pimple is techno. Lady Gaga is techno. And it's like, techno. Everything that has anything to do with electronic music is techno. And that really bothers me, because it's, you know, it's like they're ignoring all the good electronic subgenres genres because, and they put techno in the forefront, which, when it's not really techno, and I don't know, it just kind of bothers me. Maybe it's because I'm kind of a genre Nazi sometimes, but it bothers me when they start calling everything techno.
1: Yeah, I, I also agree with you on that. I knew that'd get a pretty good answer from you. Um, so you got a couple tracks for us to play today. Uh, what's the first track? Uh, well,
0: the first track is uh, one of the songs from my latest uh, double album thing. Uh, the song is called, There's Always a Chance to Rectify What You've Taken, Make Your Peace in the World, and it's kind of, oh, it's an eight minute long song, as most of my songs is, but it's kind of really ambient, really a really emotional, soulful song with classical uh, overtones, and a few ethnic instrumentation thrown in there in the background a little bit. And I really, really, really enjoy it. One of my favorites.
1: I really have been enjoying uh your City of Drones albums.
0: Thank you very they're, much.
1: Yeah, they're good. And I it seems like uh your your other albums were, were produced well, but I've definitely been able to like hear a progression of like improvement on uh just the mixing and stuff like that. It the like City of Drones sounds very slick
0: thank you very much that's that's actually what i've I've been trying to improve on you know because i still don't exactly know what i'm doing when i'm working with uh fl studio because i'm pretty much a noob in this kind of stuff but um i definitely tried out a lot of new stuff i definitely paid more attention to the mixing i wanted everything to sound as tight as possible i wanted it to be as perfect as i could make it and I'm really glad that came across in the recordings.
1: No, oh, it certainly did. Ezra Yates is a solo project. Do you ever work with anybody uh, on that project, or is that pretty much just you?
0: It's pretty much pretty much just me, and yeah, me and the air around my room.
1: And the air around your room. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, what title would you give yourself in regards to being a musician? For example, would you consider yourself a producer or a singer-songwriter, DJ, guitarist, you know?
0: Well, maybe it's because I love folk music, but I've always thought of myself as a singer-songwriter, even though most of my music is instrumental. Uh, And, you know, sometimes I think, maybe I'm a producer, but I've always thought of myself as a singer-songwriter.
1: Okay. Now, uh, take us through the journey of a typical song. Like, where do you usually start when you're creating a new song? Do you have a set place you start, or does it vary every time?
0: Um, oh, that, that's a good question. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, usually. <clears throat> sorry. It starts with, uh, like, the background ambient noises. That's usually where I start because, I, you know, I like to have a really full sound. I don't like there being emptiness in a track. Sometimes I start with a good melody that I have in my head, you know, a piano melody or something. But usually I concentrate more on the ambient noise first. But, you know, most of the time, whenever I compose or record something, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I just let the ideas flow, and they form themselves into whatever they want to be
1: but kind of a stream uh, process.
0: Yes, that's pretty much how it goes. I don't really plan things out too much. And whenever I do plan it out, it rarely ever turns out how I want.
1: Of the entire uh, music process, from writing, uh, recording, if you're recording, mixing, uh, releasing, uh, promotion, what is your favorite part?
0: Uh, My favorite part would definitely have to be after I record a song that I really like, listening back to it and realizing, you know, this is perfect. I don't need to fix anything. I'm pretty sure that's my favorite part. And of course, you know, when someone listens to the song and they tell me, oh, oh I really like this, you know, that makes me feel like I did a good job.
1: And what is your least favorite part?
0: Definitely uploading the songs to the It takes forever.
1: Pretty tedious.
0: Indeed. And especially because my internet usually crashes right when it's about to finish uploading a song and I always have to upload everything like three times.
1: Oh, of course. That's how it always goes.
0: Yes. It's a very long and depressing process.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, musically, uh, what do you feel are your strengths?
0: My strengths musically um, I've always said I'm a better composer than I am a musician you know I'm an okay musician I can play but I think I'm better at writing songs than I am at playing
1: that is actually the exact answer I would give for myself too Um,
0: I'm pretty sure most of us at EMG would say the same
1: yeah I think uh, the kind of electronic genres I think that's part of the draw to doing electronic music?
0: We always feel like, yeah, like we're better at composing the music than actually playing it or playing an actual instrument, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so what areas uh, do you feel less confident in? Your weaknesses, perhaps?
0: I suck at percussion based instruments. I'm not good at keeping the beat.
1: Now, with Ezra Yates, uh, the, songs, the songs that do have beats, uh, do you usually program those, or do you attempt to uh, perform them?
0: Um, well, usually I program them, but there have been a few cases where I record myself making percussion with random stuff around my house, and I use that for the beats, or I sample uh, a beat or something that I make in real life into a song and, you know, tinker with it until it sounds digital, but I'd say a few should of both, but usually I program it more than I uh, sample it.
1: That actually brings a pretty interesting question to mind, and I know we've talked about a little bit, um, uh, particularly with a lot of the kind of music you make with Ezra Yates. What are some of the uh, more interesting sounds you've tried to sample to put into your music?
0: Um, well, I've sampled myself banging on my washing machine and I've sampled uh I've sampled me hitting the wine glasses in my kitchen with a knife. And I've sampled uh me banging on my bathtub. <laughs>
1: That was okay, we were yeah, yeah, we were having a conversation one day on Facebook, and you mentioned something about you sampling uh you banging on the bathtub with a bat and <laughs> and that made me laugh, like I just kind of pictured it, but yeah, that's did that give you a pretty good sound?
0: it gave me a pretty good sound and a pretty good laugh because I know I seemed like an idiot being the bat with the playing the bathtub with the bat but it actually sounded really cool because of of all the reverb and stuff so it was worth it
1: I guess since we're kind of on the subject we can go into a little bit of the technical talk What, what software do you like to use?
0: I use FL Studio 8 which is very, very old and very underclassed I'd say and I use Audacity whenever I want to record something
1: uh lie. Audacity's pretty good, and that's good free software. I, I like free stuff.
0: Exactly. That's the best part. I wouldn't pay for software.
1: <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with you on that, too. <laughs> but that's a different conversation, I imagine. Okay, what about, what about hardware? Do you have any uh, hardware that you like to use?
0: I don't think I have any hardware besides my laptop. Well, I'm using a rock band microphone to talk to you about. I'm pretty sure that gives an idea.
1: <laughs> now, when you do record vocals, I know you do once in a while, do you use that rock band microphone?
0: Well, I've yet to actually use it for a song or something. But before I got this microphone, which I... Which, it isn't even mine. But before I got this microphone, I used to record everything with my laptop mic. Not because I was lazy, but I don't know, I kind of liked the sound that it made, because it sounded really raw. It sounded, dare I say, analog? And Not I don't know, sure. like, I, yeah, I liked that cool, raw sound. You know, sometimes it sucks because it picks up a lot of background noise, but I don't know, I, I kind of like, like it.
1: It's a very lo-fi sound, yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: And what's the next track you like to play for us, and if you could give us a... You know a little history of this track.
0: Uh The next track I would like to play is actually a collaboration I made with someone else from EMG, uh, uh, James White, also you know the mastermind behind Autonomy or Autonomy, which I, I'm I'm still probably pronouncing wrong, even though nobody he explained to us.
1: No, I know I I believe it's Autonomy, and we totally oh, pronounced oh, yeah. it wrong. Yeah. Autonomy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We pronounced uh, yeah. it way off last show. Sorry, go ahead.
0: And I followed that example.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> it's a collaboration that started off kind of weird, you know. I had an ambient-based track that I was making for my then-current album, "Harboring Affection, which you can also find on s com. I was thinking about a collaboration, and I talked to James about it. And he was totally up for it, so I sent him the track, and in like a month, he sent back this amazing track called Let's Fade, which he took my decent track and turned it into a masterpiece. It's a track I'm very proud of being a part of, and I can't wait to collaborate more with James or whoever's up for it, and making more good music like this track.
1: you to create music what motivates you Hmm.
0: I think it's I don't know I just feel like I need to get something off my chest I don't know how to explain it well it's like I feel something but I don't know what I feel so I just need to record a song and after I make a song I feel like I got whatever it was that I had off my chest. You know, I think music should be a form of expression. It shouldn't be a product. Oh. But, and that's pretty much why I make 15 minute long songs and stuff because I don't know, sometimes I feel that it takes a little bit longer for the for the emotion to fully seep into the music. Uh, good. Yeah, I kind of lost myself for a moment.
1: No, that was perfect. Thanks. Good answer. In terms of music you listen to, uh, do you feel it has an influence on the music you make? And if so, who has the most influence?
0: Well, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I'm pretty sure every artist is influenced by at least another artist. You know, Um, it may not be apparent because, you know, I make ambient music, but I also listen to a lot of rap, and a lot of metal music, and I feel like, sometimes I feel like what I make, what I do with the Ezra song is, is I take the atmosphere from like a metal song and I just turn it into an ambient song if that makes any sense you know, I take the core of what makes that song good, in my opinion and I try to make that into an ambient song and uh The artists, Uh, well, as I've said a lot of times uh, on the EMG group, I'm a huge fan of uh, of a guy called Steven Wilson and all his projects, Uh, Porky Pine Tree, Blackfield, uh, Bass Communion, which is a huge influence on my music. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, Linky Park is always a huge influence on me. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, a black male band called Person a really big fan of a death metal band called In Flames. Uh, there's a really weird ambient drone project called Cellar. They release like 100 albums a year. Uh, I'm a really big fan of them and yeah, I think I could say those are my biggest influences but I pretty much take influences from everything I listen to, no matter what the genre
1: is and uh, basically the same question but for non-music uh, are you inspired by non-music sources in your music and if so what inspires you
0: of course uh i'm very inspired you know by nature you know like take a walk take this uh look around see the trees you know uh listen to nature sounds i think that i think nature produces the best music you know uh, I really like sounds, and sometimes, you know, I sample that and put it into my music. Uh, uh, I'm also very influenced by, uh, I don't know, pictures, portraits, uh, sometimes movies. And probably due to how I was raised, I've always been very influenced by video game music. Yeah, from uh, The Legend of Zelda, which made you That was, like, it's musical perfection for me as a soundtrack for that game.
1: Do you think that's uh, more common uh in the past couple of generations of musicians, the influence of video game music, particularly uh the more retro games that certain sound, or do you think the uh the composition of the of the music, the writing transcends the sound and it's more about you know what the music actually is and not so much the sound of it
0: Oh definitely. uh I've actually talked about this, talked about this with a lot of different people. And a lot of people tell me, oh, I was influenced by uh, the Mario theme song, or um, Legend of Zelda song, or Metroid or stuff. I definitely think that, you know, when we were little and we were playing the games, we, I'm pretty sure, not many of us actually stood around and listened to the game music. But subconsciously, you know, we still listen to it because we were playing. And I I think that kind of stays into our minds because since... We were so young, and kids are very impressionable. I'm pretty sure, uh, even if the music nowadays sounds nothing like video game music, I'm pretty sure it's subconsciously influenced by.
1: Sure, and you know, when you're younger, you're playing those games, even if you're not thinking about it. Those old games, you'd play like the same levels over and over. That's like the same exactly. melodies being, yeah, being ingrained in you for hours.
0: Because in in that case, losing is actually a good thing because I lost so much sometimes that I just had the melody stuck in my head for days.
1: What is your ultimate goal in creating music? Where would you like to see it go?
0: Uh, I definitely love to make a score for a movie I just I don't want to make a score for like Transformers or something you know not a really godbuster thing but I'd like to make a score for an indie film, you know, something low-key. I don't want to be hugely famous or anything like that. And I think it'd be cool to make music for a video game, too. And uh, this is kind of... I've never heard someone say this, but I would definitely love to make music um, for museum installations, you know, when they play, uh, like, a movie or something in a museum and the background music is usually, like, ambient-based. I think it'd be cool to do that at least once.
1: How long do you see yourself making music?
0: Well, I'm pretty sure I'll probably be making music until I'm dead. And even after I'm dead, I'll find a way to release the older S38 songs that I
1: never released. What do you think of the ever-changing landscape for the music industry and music distribution in the digital age, and how does that affect you?
0: Well, uh, it does affect me because well, it does affect me, but not in the same way it would affect other people. Because you know, I'm a bedroom ambient musician. You know, I'm not supposed to have huge expectations. I'm lucky if someone listens to one to one of my songs the whole way. But a lot of people around here seem to think that, oh, piracy is killing the music industry. Oh, piracy is evil. I don't think piracy is all that bad because, you know, everyone loves free stuff. You know, even if you don't like something, you're going to download it because it's free. I know I do, And that really helps to spread a band's name around. You know, I just think the music industry hasn't adapted yet. Instead of adapting to it and making the best of what they can with the whole piracy thing, they waste the few money they have on lawsuits and that kind of stuff. So I think the music industry isn't going too well, and I'm pretty sure it might affect me in the future uh, in a bigger way than it does now. But right now, since I'm not really tied to a label or something, I don't think it's going to affect me
1: at all uh what are you, what are you going to play for us next and um uh could you tell us a little bit about it
0: okay, okay um this track it's more or less a new one it's probably going to end up on the album i'm making but uh it's on my SoundCloud right now and it's called pilgrimage to maku and it kind of showcases the new direction a little bit uh it it's full of asian instrumentation uh a lot of Japanese instruments with Japanese names, which I cannot remember. Uh, a lot of flutes and stuff. And it sounds exactly like a pilgrimage. You know, when I was recording the song, I wanted it to sound like someone taking a pilgrimage, someone traveling uh, inside themselves to find themselves. Uh, it's called Pilgrimage to my after i made the song i realized it, i realized it sounded slightly similar to a song from a video game that uh, was called mark of new so i threw that in there just in case anyone says i ripped it off
1: That's a good track as well.
0: Thank you. I really love that track. Most of the new album is going to be similar to that. You know, a lot of, a lot of Asian instruments and Indian instruments and uh, a lot of percussion and cymbals and stuff.
1: If you could collaborate with any other musician in the world, living or dead, who would it be and uh, in what capacity? What would you have them do?
0: Holy crap. I have never really thought about that, I think. Um... Living or dead. Hmm. You know, every time I see an artist get asked this question, they always say, oh, Jimi Hendrix. But I'm not a big Jimi Hendrix fan, so I think I'd definitely, even though he's still alive, I'd definitely collaborate with Stephen Wilson because as a musician, I think he's closer to what I'm trying to do with music sometimes. And uh, I think I'd probably let him do his thing with my music. Because um, I think he'd do a better job at SREA's songs than I would. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, we'd make some sort of ambient music and we'd record the back from his guitar or keyboard thing. Yeah, he'd play guitars and keyboards and whatever we do.
1: All right. Now, on kind of the flip side, now think of a musician that you can't stand, someone you have no interest in listening to at all, and say hypothetically that you're contractually obligated to create a track with this artist. Say you're signed to a label, and they say, you have to do this. Uh, Who would that musician be, and what would you have them do?
0: Uh, That's actually an easy question to answer. I can't stand Nicki Minaj or Drake, but I think Nicki Minaj is definitely the worst of two evils. If I had to collaborate with her, you know, life or death, um, I'm pretty sure I'd make her do something that doesn't involve vocals. You know, if she wants to play percussion, if she wants to play guitar, you know what? <laughs> Go ahead. She could even beatbox, but nothing that includes her making <laughs> sounds with her
1: voice. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright um, Now just off the top of your head Not too much pressure What are uh, a few of your all time favorite albums Whatever you can think of
0: Okay uh, That's a tough question But okay out, off the top of my head um, Adultery by Doc Fashion Disco It's not a very well known album But it's awesome The Black Halo by Camelot Um and those are usually the two albums I always say, but I'm pretty cool Deadwing by Porcupine Tree and Ghosts on Magnetic Tape. I think that I forgot the name of the album, but I think it's called Ghosts on Magnetic Tape by um, Bass Communion. Those are some of my favorite albums, definitely.
1: And uh, what have you been listening to lately?
0: A lot of Death Metal. <laughs>
1: Really, death metal. Uh,
0: Yeah, I've been in a death metal kind of mood the past few days. And uh, hip-hop. I've been listening to a band called Dying Fetus, which is one of the most metal names I've ever heard. It is. (laughs) Definitely Death Clock, you know. That's always on on, on my MP3 player. And... Uh, Napalm, Death, which is grindcore, but they're still kind of deaf metal. And a Puerto Rican artist called Calle Pese, which is like alternative experimental hip-hop.
1: Alright. Okay. Now, name an artist that you absolutely love but are embarrassed of when people find out how much you're into them. Is there anybody like that?
0: Hmm. Well... I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed because I'm pretty open about, you know, I, I, I accept that I like a lot of stuff that people hate, you know, I like the Saint Andrew album by Metallica, I like Lulu by Metallica and Lou Reed, uh, I like pretty much every album that every everyone hates, but an artist that I like that some people, that I think it would be embarrassing for people to find out. Um, well, I like a lot of mainstream pop music. You know, I, I find a lot of songs catchy. You know, Lady Gaga, I think she has a lot of good songs. Um, Just in terms like, oh, I like uh, the Backstreet Boys. That's usually the answer I give to people. I think they make really catchy songs.
1: All right, that's a good answer. <laughs> Outside of music, what else do you like to do? Hobbies, gaming, other arts?
0: Well, lately I've kind of been into painting. I've only painted once, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been playing a lot of games again. I haven't played games dedicatedly in like years. Uh, So gaming's been a hobby this summer. Uh, I like to read a lot. You know, typical Facebook. You know, I'm always on Facebook. And I don't think I've done anything else. Will watch a few random ass movies. I don't have a set hobby aside from music.
1: Alright. And um, what is your geekiest interest? What do you fanboy over? If that makes (laughs) sense.
0: (laughs) Well, I like, uh, you know, anime. I don't. I wouldn't call that geeky because everyone likes anime. I used to like it a lot more when I was younger. I'm more of a uh, silence fan. Uh, I'm a real big geek about the Elder Scrolls games. I often find myself talking about them. All right. Uh, and and Pokemon. Definitely Pokemon.
1: <laughs> and we have another track from Ezra Yates. Uh, what do you got for us now?
0: Uh, this is the the title track to my Claire the Celeste album. Uh, it was one of the first songs I made for the album, and it's pretty much a very classical piano-based song. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what really inspired it, but a lot of people says it sounds like Final Fantasy. It wasn't inspired by Final Fantasy, but you know, if you want to think that, then sure give me give me more credit than i'm due You know, I've actually been waiting. Oh, you know, for you to put that EMG sound thing you did the last time because I- I've always wanted to say it's in the game.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. It sounds just like that, doesn't it?
0: I know. When I first heard it, I was like, "Someone has to say it. Someone <laughs> has to say
1: it." <laughs> you know, I threw I threw that together literally, like. The day, be- the day of the show, like, real quick, I was like, oh, man, I need some, like, radio spots. And uh, <laughs> I just threw it together real quick and didn't realize it till we were into the show. E-M-G Radio. It's in the game. game. Nice.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you.
1: Getting towards the end here. What is next for you? Upcoming albums, shows, projects, stuff like that
0: well i'm you know i'm always working on these stuff but um i'm working on an album that's probably going to be really different from uh the ambient based music i'm known for uh, uh it's probably going to be more uh like meditation music it, uh it, it's going to have like tribal beats all the time very a very percussion based album they will probably have vocals on a few songs as well so I'm trying to move away a little bit from what I'm known for and branch out. But it'll, I'm pretty sure I'll still have a few regular s 3 songs. So I'm working on that, and it's probably going to have a physical release. I'm also working on that. And I think I might... I'm also kind of working on a metal project with a local musician around here called... Uh, Those bones buried beneath the flower bed. It's kind of like post rock metal and black metal. So I'm going to work on that soon as well. And whatever else the horizon has in store for me, I'm up for it.
1: Awesome. I love the name of that band, by the way. I seen you posted something about it the other day, and I thought it was great.
0: You listened to the song?
1: I did, and it was good. I liked it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I I hope to start working on that soon. I just need to go visit my friend. He lives like an hour and a half away, but I'm sure it's gonna be worth it.
1: Where can people find your music, pimp your websites and stuff?
0: <laughs> well, uh, I upload everything that I make on EzraYates.bandcamp.com. That's E Z r-a-y-a-t-e-s Yates, dot Um, I'm also on Facebook where I post stuff sometimes and uh... my SoundCloud account which is uh... moondoggy69 I made it back when I was still called moondoggy apparently moondoggy69 on SoundCloud and that's where I usually upload what I'm working on and a few Unreleased tracks that never made albums are there, too.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for talking to me today.
0: No problem. I really appreciate it.
1: I want to thank you for listening to episode two of EMG Radio, and I want to thank Draven Rodriguez for sitting down to talk with us. For EMG Radio, visit www.emgradio.blogspot.com official website, www.electronicmusiciansgroup.com. You can also find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash electronic musician.